0: This time, Ms. Jennifer Carter going to bring our special.
1: Good morning. I have to say a little bit just to get my nerves out and catch my breath, too. Um, I would like to say thank you so much um, to everyone here. My family has just made a transition that we've never had to make before, not on bad terms by any means, but God's got something in store for our family, and I know that, and um, I think it's exciting. It's even more exciting, I guess, to us, you know, because of a new pastor coming also. There's there's just something else, and um, y'all just pray for our family that we follow that lead and we know what to do, and I appreciate it. You're asking me to sing, Mr. Barber. asked me the other night to fill in for someone and um, gladly will at any time, but I appreciate it very much. Y'all just pray for me.
2: feel Uh discouraged Uh why should the shadows come why should When Jesus is my portion. doubts and fears.
0: Thank you, Ms. Jennifer, and thank the choir and all the good congregational singing we've had this morning. If you will, turn to John chapter 9. I've entitled this sermon, Don't Miss It. In your bulletin, I know the word thee is there. I missed it, okay? Um, But uh, what what happened here is um, I thought I'd take advantage of one of my weaknesses, and uh preached this morning, Uh probably many of you males in here have this. Your wife continually tells you focus on this so you don't miss it. And uh I struggle with that. I'm not focusing on the right thing. A uh, little distracted, have you? And as I looked at this passage this week and I have, as I began to study it, I thought, man, they really had a problem understanding what Jesus was doing here. And, and hopefully the disciples, as they looked through and saw the whole event, they began to see what Christ was doing. But even at the beginning, his own disciples missed it. And so let's, let's stand as we read John chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sin, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is, a, while it is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out this morning, take a look at your word. Dear Lord, help us to take something from it that we can apply to our lives. Dear Lord, just help us to look at your word this morning and not miss it. Help us to realize that people need jesus and there's a world out here that needs you more than we ever have help us dear lord just to find uh the focus that we need to see day to day that we have an opportunity to share jesus christ with the world forgive us all our sins in your name i pray amen don't miss it. The first thing I want to tell you this morning is don't dwell on the cost so much that you miss the need. And, and that's what the, Jesus' disciples did here. They were walking along, they saw this blind man who was born from birth, and they said, hey, and this is important because uh, if he would have grew up and then become blind later in his life, the disciples would have probably thought, oh, well, it was because of his sins. But since he was born from birth, the disciples thought they would be very theological, very uh, open-minded to the situation, and ask Christ, whose sin caused this? His parents? his own and and the disciples in their theologically thinking minds they were so focused on the cause of why it happened that they missed the immediate need and that was this man was blind he was blind the disciples worried about whose sin it was that caused it Surely it could not be this man's sin because he was born into it. How could it be his fault? It must be the parents. They thought they were being very theological. It it didn't matter why. The man was blind. And they knew Jesus could give him sight. They knew Jesus could give him sight. They'd seen it before. Christ could heal this man. But here they are concerned with why he was blind. So many times we get focused on the why, we forget about this could be used for God's glory. Jesus gives us the why that really matters. He says this is needful, that Jesus is needful in all situations. What does He say here? He says, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is yet day. And then in verse three, you go back, it says, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Last week we talked about this situation a little bit. What, what if God throws the rain on us so that he can be glorified? This man was born blind and it was needful that he's born blind because it allowed God to, uh, it allowed God to show himself in a group of people. God has set the stage, so to speak, to show Him His Son, Jesus Christ, as who He really was. Sometimes we're so unfocused that we forget that God can get the glory out of any situation. God could reveal Himself in this situation, and He can reveal it in any situation that we go through in our lives. He can take any situation, no matter what, no matter how painful, how bitter, how bad it is, and use it for His glory. No matter where people are in life, they need Christ. That's the important thing. You look at this this man, and then ultimately it wasn't his sight that he needed. It was Jesus that he needed. How often do we dwell on others' problems So much that we forget their eternal need. Just think. Often we see groups of people that cause trouble in this world and we automatically think of a good punishment for that person. And I'm going to meddle a little bit because I, I started to write this in my outline, but I didn't. But think about it. We have groups of terrorist organizations around the world today and we think annihilate them all. But their greatest need is Jesus Christ. Their greatest need is Jesus Christ. They could take any terrorist organization, He could take any terrorist organization in the world and turn it around for good if He wanted to. We ought not be so focused on the cause or the problem that we forget the need is anyone so far gone away from God that He can't use them for His glory? Think about it. Saul. Right? His whole life he was about killing these Christians. He was about annihilating them from the world. If anybody needed to be wiped off the face of the earth more, it was Paul or Saul. But God had a bigger plan, right? He had a plan for Paul to use him as one of his greatest missionaries who brought the gospel to you and me, the Gentiles. Someone's life so far away from God that God can't call them, draw them near? Absolutely not. Anyone who comes to Christ has the opportunity to bring God glory. The next thing I look at is I look at this passage, and we're going to skip through it. Look at verse 16. Therefore said one of the Pharisees, This man is not of God, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. You see, these Pharisees here, they questioned who Jesus was because he's... He didn't keep the Sabbath day. And what I've put here is don't focus on tradition so much that you miss truth. The Pharisees were appalled at the thought that Jesus healed on the Sabbath. He can't be Christ. He doesn't keep the Sabbath. Jesus had a couple of things to say about this, and we find this over in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 6. Luke 6 and verse 5 through 9 it says, And He said unto them that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that He entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And then verse 9, Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing, is it lawful? on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil. To save life or to destroy it. Jesus puts out this analogy that James actually talks about in James 4.17. If you remember that Scripture, it says, To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So, let me ask you this tonight. Was it more lawful that Jesus sinned or do good on the Sabbath? You see that? Wh- wh- which one's better? Jesus sin? He 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 doesn't do what he's supposed to do. He doesn't do good or break the Sabbath. The next thing he says is, "I am Lord of the Sabbath." It's kind of like this: if if I had a pack of gum and I laid it on this front bench, and you came by and you took a piece out, you stole from me. But if I own the pack of gum. And I go down there and get a piece out, it's okay, it's my gum, right? Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. It was created by Him and for Him. Why can't He show His miraculous being on the Sabbath? Why can't He do work on the Sabbath? It was created for Him. It was created for people to honor and glorify Him on that day. So why couldn't He do good on the Sabbath? Luke 14 also tells us a little bit about this, and I, I think this is the more practical, uh, Luke 14 verse 3. And Jesus answering spake unto the law, uh, lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? For they heard their peace, and he took him and healed him and let him go, and answered them saying, which of you Shall have a donkey and an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day. And they could not answer him again these things. Jesus went very practical on them. He said, if your donkey, if your oxen was fallen into a pit and it was Sunday or rather Saturday and, and, and you wouldn't pull that donkey out. You just let him there, leave him to die. That doesn't make much sense, does it? And, and and that's what Jesus is telling him them there. Because you've added to the law, as a matter of fact, the Old Testament, there was over 600 laws, but with the Jews, they added hundreds and if not thousands more to those 600. And because of their traditions and the way they'd always done things, they thought Jesus was breaking the Sabbath. And Jesus hits them at home. Even you would pull your ox or your donkey out of the pit on a Sunday. And, and and Jesus is telling them, listen, you've taken what I've given you, you've taken My Word, and you've changed it to be something else. And I think, you know, a lot of times uh, we get in this situation we have traditions that, that we do. Just imagine if we had a dress code here at this church. We had a dress code. And, and we told people, you really can't come to this church if, if you dress like that. We would be sending the message that you can't come to Christ unless you're a certain way. Right? Because the church is God's representation of His Son here on this earth. So we would be sending a message that you can't come to Christ unless you're a certain way. That's really the way the Jews thought. They, the At least the Pharisees, they thought themselves if they could live up to the law, if they could be the person that fulfills all the law, then they would have enough stature, enough, enough uh,
3: good in them to be holy. The truth was, none of us are holy for that None of us are holy for that So, because of their tradition and focusing on it so much, they miss the truth. They aren't holy. If you look
0: down at verse 28 through 34, you'll see our next point in John 9. John chapter 9, verse 28 through 34. It says, Then they reviled him and said, Thou art his disciple. They were talking now to the man who has sight. But we are Moses' disciple. We know that God spake unto Moses, As for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto them, "Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Since the word began, world began. Was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. They went back to the point the disciples made or thought they were making. Is this man blind because of his sins or his parents? They said, you're a sinner. Get out of here. You can't teach us anything. And the point I want to cover here is we ought not let or get caught up in our preferences so much that we miss Christ working. Christ made the Pharisees uncomfortable. They knew God had spoke to Moses. People for thousands of years had had known that God spoke to Moses. They grew up learning that God spoke to Moses. And they were comfortable with that. But Jesus, He was totally different. He was doing things they couldn't explain. They looked around and said, how did He do that? How did He do that? He must be of the devil. At one point, they told Him that. Jesus looked at them and said, How can I be of the devil? A house divided against itself cannot stand. Not only was were they uncomfortable with believing Jesus, they were uncomfortable with Jesus because He was taking their followers. Plain and simply, they just didn't like Jesus. So much so, they missed Jesus healing a blind man. They missed it. They totally overlooked it. They were trying to figure out how they could condemn Jesus and they completely overlooked Jesus just healed a blind man. Instead of looking at how we can prove He is who He says He is, they were looking how can we condemn Him and they completely missed the fact, here's your proof.
3: It Christ, working in our church happens to be uncomfortable. Understand? And you und- do what it calls us to do. and you know, I've heard this saying over and over again. And it's, it's not a bad saying, I understand it, but you've been uncomfortable
0: if you've said these words. Um, we've never done it that way. Or we've always done it this way. You've been uncomfortable. And something really familiar to me that I learned in college, uh, Rob Leonard used to tell our group all the time instead of praying, God bless what we're doing, we ought to pray, God lead us to what you're blessing. And I thought, man, that's huge. Because a lot of times we say, Lord, we've got this effort, we've got this drive. Please, Lord, bless it. But what if God is calling us to something we're uncomfortable with, but in that uncomfortable is what He's going to bless? What if that's the way He's leading us? Lord, and I don't know about you, but I have a prayer for this church that He will lead us to what He blesses that we won't do anything that is exempt from His blessings, that He'll lead us to what He is blessing. Look at verse 35-41 through here in the text. Jesus heard that they had cast Him out. And when He had found Him, He said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And He answered and said, Who is He, Lord, that I might believe on Him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Then in verse 41, it says, Jesus said unto them, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we, are, we see, therefore, your sin remaineth. We see a man here, and the point here is, don't let who you think you are stand in the way of worshiping Christ. We see a man here willing to open his eyes and see the truth, not, not just physically open his eyes, but spiritually open his eyes and see the truth that Jesus is the Son of God. I mean, just in the, it's plain as day, isn't it? Tell me who he is and I'll worship him. And he does. He goes and he bows down and he worships him. We see this other group of people in the contrast, the Pharisees, we see them They think they've got it all figured out. They've added to the law. They're trying to do good works. They they know that Jesus can't be of God. What they're doing is just like the blind man who couldn't see before. They couldn't see the truth that Jesus Christ was Lord. These people believe that they could fulfill the law. They could be good enough for God. Good enough for God doesn't come from your works, but it comes from what Christ did on the cross. Don't miss it. And this morning, this is really where I'm going to end, so, song leaders, get ready. Come for this. Don't miss it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Maybe it's your past sins that you dwell with this morning just like the blind man. Who was it? Was it his parents or was it him? Maybe it's the past sins you dwell with. Maybe it's traditions. You've never done anything like this before. You've never come to Christ. Or maybe you think, I'm not good enough. Or maybe you think, I am good enough. Don't miss the truth this morning. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Savior. What He did on the cross is He died and He paid for your sins so that you could have an eternal home with Him. And if you're so focused on you and where you've been, let me tell you, here's your problem. You're a sinner and you can't get to God because of that. You need Jesus. Don't miss it this morning. And I don't mean to scare you or anything like that, but our lesson this morning Sunday school is Jesus is coming back soon. And as much as I want you to spend eternity with Jesus, there's another place. And if you miss it this morning, or in this life, that's where you're headed. Apart from God in a place called hell. Don't miss it this morning.